Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today here at Stuart Haas Racing's Formula One shop in Kannapolis, North Carolina, where I'm joined by one of the drivers for the Haas F1 team, Kevin Magnuson. Kevin, thanks for being here. Thank you. You've been in North America for a few weeks now. You raced in Austin last week, but I know that you were at another race before that in Atlanta watching your father compete as well, right? Yes. Yeah, we've uh, spent a few weeks over here. Yeah, it was great to to watch my dad in in Atlanta. It's been a long time since I've uh, gone to one of his his races. So, um, And then he won the championship on, on that weekend, so it was... Uh, Good timing. Yeah, your father, Jan Magnussen, competed in F1 and now races in sports cars in IMSA. And as you said, won the championship at, at Road Atlanta while you were there for the season finale. And I understand it was a family affair, your brother and sister. Yeah, so I have, my dad has um, two kids with his with his second wife. My brother is nine and my sister is uh, eight. So they, they come to many races. They travel, you know, together as a family. And I do my thing and he does, you know, so, so we, we don't get to see each other so much but the two younger ones they they come with him often so that probably is pretty rare that you have that kind of family uh experience i guess where you guys are all in the same place yeah right? definitely it's, yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen very often what is it like getting a chance to watch your dad race the tweet that you sent out that i saw was that the old man still has it is it cool to be able to see your dad still be competitive absolutely yeah. you know he he definitely still got it it's <laughs> his, he's still fast and uh you know, there's younger drivers coming in as well, and he, he's uh, outperforming them. So, you know, as long as he can do that, I'm sure he's going to keep on racing. So uh, it's great to see. Do you hope to have a chance to compete against him at some point? Yeah, okay. I do. It it would be great to, to do a race with, with him. Maybe Daytona or Le Mans or, you know, one of the big races. It would be it just, you know, we, we're both racing, you know, we're both pro- professional racing drivers, and uh, we share that passion, so it would be you know, a shame not to to do it together. So you also got a chance at the Circuit of the Americas last week as well in Austin to hang out with another driver. I know Clint Boyer, who is, of course, your Stuart Haas NASCAR teammate, got to spend some time with you guys in the paddock. What was that like? I, I think it was the first time I met him. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was good to have him. He's a, he's a cool guy, and uh, it was good to have a, a bit of a, a NASCAR uh, chat with him and... Uh, yeah, show him around the the garage, show him the car and the steering wheel. It's it's very different, you know, world. Even though it's both race cars, it's it's quite different. What was he most curious about, or what did he ask you about? Well, I think he he was surprised about all the the you know systems and kind of switches and buttons you have in, in the car. Um, NASCAR is is uh, a little more simple, you know, in in terms of the systems you have in the car. You just got raw power yeah uh, and and speed in the car but in formula one there's it's you know everything can be fine-tuned and which you know you may like or may not like <laughs> <laughs> you think clint would like it 
I don't, I don't think so. I think he prefers his <laughs> good old NASCAR. <laughs> and that's because of, as you said, raw power. So there's yeah. a difference in the way you're harnessing the, the Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's very, very different. I don't think I would jump in a NASCAR and be quick straight away. And likewise, I don't think Clint would jump in a Formula 1 car and be quick straight away. It's completely different, you know, and, and uh, even though it's both race cars, you know, four wheels, an engine, steering wheel, it's a completely different discipline. Do you have any desire to maybe go for a spin in a cup car at some point? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I'm just I just love racing and I love race cars and I you know I I would like to try everything. Um, I've never raced or even driven on an oval track before, so that in itself the track would be completely new to me. Um, but it would also be awesome to have a go in you know in in a NASCAR. It's such an iconic you know car and even the sound just what you know i've been to a nascar race and and that sound of the v8 engine you know roaring uh would just you know get me going have you had a chance to go over the shop that's adjacent to this building and walk around and, and tour that a little bit or yeah definitely yeah. every time i come here i, I go over there oh really okay I haven't yeah. been too many times but you know i'd yeah i'd love to have a go are you keeping track of what's happening over on the nascar side or y- you and your formula one teammates and crew like kind of paying attention because Stuart Haas racing right now is the behemoth of the cup series I mean they yeah. got four of the final eight playoff drivers they dominated Talladega they are right now the pinnacle of NASCAR yes and you know it's cool to see and you know we're proud of it even though we're not directly a part of of uh, of the NASCAR it's it's we, you know it's our team and we carry the same name and uh and it's it's something that we in the Formula One team are, are proud of, but um, unfortunately we we don't get a chance to really follow it so much because on our weekends we n- we have to go be- to bed early and you know <laughs> we can't get up in the middle of the night to watch the races if we're in China or whatever. So we miss a lot of the of the action, but uh, you know of course we're following on yeah. the sideline. Obviously you got to prepare for Malaysia or Singapore or yes, wha- whatever you exactly. are. Let's talk a little about Haas F1, Kevin. You guys aren't quite obviously where, where Stuart Haas Racing is in the Formula 1 pecking order, but it seems like you've made some strides here in year two with the team. Yeah, we have. I mean, um, it's only our third year in, in Formula 1 for Haas F1 as, as a team. And, um, you know, it, it's it's not like Gene went into Formula 1 and bought an existing team. You know, he created the team from, from the bottom with with Gunther and made a new structure and for that you know to to be so successful in only three years it that's never happened in Formula One before Formula One is very very difficult in terms of it's expensive you know you need a budget of around 400 million dollars a year to compete with the big guys like Mercedes and Ferrari and you know a privateer is never gonna really do that so for us to be you know, competing and actually beating teams like Renault, who is spending, you know, a lot more money than we are and have a lot more people employed and many more designers and just much more resource. Um, we, we're beating those guys. And, you know, I think on on headcount, we must be, if not the smallest team, then at least close. Uh, and we are fighting with Renault for fourth position in, in the championship. So that's... Uh, 
that's really really impressive and hasn't been seen before i'm sure and you have some experience like we said it's your second year at haas f1 but third year for haas f1 as a, as a team and you had some experience prior to coming here with some other teams and know how those teams operate and are structured what is it about i, I guess the the efficiency that haas f1 has as you said they have fewer people but they're able to produce those results what, what do you see that this team is doing maybe differently than some of the other teams that's that's working so well well where we're different is that we we have we buy a package from Ferrari, so we we get the front su the sup suspension, uh, we get stuff like the steering wheel, the power steering, uh, we get the engine, the gearbox, all the electronics. Um, so those are kind of crucial parts that take would take a lot of resource to to design and and build and produce um, that we don't have to worry about. So we can put all our focus from the people we have here make them focus on aerodynamics and vehicle di dynamics and just performance on on the car and i think that structure works well because if you have so many different departments you know uh, making gearboxes and electronics and engines and all that they they have they would have to work together so having a, a smaller more simple structure focusing on on fewer fewer areas i think is more efficient maybe so i think that's part of the reason what are your goals with Haas? Because we're casual fans here for the most part in America, but we know that F1, the, the way it lays out, there's Ferrari, there's Mercedes, and Red Bull is kind of in the mix. But it seems like beyond that, everybody is playing for best in class in terms of maybe not being able to get the win or, or get on the podium even on a regular basis. What are your goals? Is it is it fourth or fifth and you know, the overall or manufacturer situation every week? How, how do you look at it? Well, this year we've been, we've been gunning for, for fourth. Um, but it it's not that easy to kind of set yourself a goal, a, real, a realistic goal, because you know you might miss, you know you might put that target in the wrong place. If you say, if next year we say, okay, we wanna we wanna be fourth, mm -hmm. and then what what if we then start the season and we actually realize we can be third? Right. Then you know it's <laughs> right. that's that that kind of target is a bit useless because formula one is too uh, unpredictable to to work like that so i think the best way for us is you know we just every day have to do our best to prepare ourselves and you know work as hard as we can to to improve and and learn and use our experience to be to become better and then you know next year you know we'll finish the season here and and, and we'll try and do the best we can and we'll try and catch Renault, although they they took a big step forward uh, this weekend in austin we, we'll still try and, and get them but then next year, we, we I think the best way is to start the season and just see where we are and then, uh, you know, try and maximize that whatever position we're in. I suppose that you're a great example of maybe goals aren't a great idea because in your first F1 race ever, you finished on the podium in third place, right? I mean, exactly. that, that, that probably was not an expected result and, and you did it. So I'm sure yeah. you wouldn't want to set a goal of, hey, I'm going to finish on the podium, not knowing that you could do it, right? Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, then... That that's a good example because I did I, I came into my first race and then I think before prior to Formula One you know I'd I'd been in a position always to to win races and have pole positions and fight for championships and win championships so you know I was used to 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 winning and and fighting for wins and then stepping up to Formula One as a young guy you're very you know naive and you think I'm, surely I'm gonna win still and you know yeah I, I, I remember coming into the first race in Australia thinking you know having the mindset that I was gonna fight for for the win and 
so I finished second. I actually fin finished third, and I was, I was even, you know, I was happy to get on the podium. But I remember being on the podium, not feeling like, you know, I had won, which I hadn't. So, you know, but I didn't. I wasn't overwhelmed with happiness as 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 I would be now if I got on the podium. <laughs> because then, after that, I was clearly just expecting to get on the podium every time, uh, because that that first race with zero experience I'd got on the podium so I thought you know now with more experience surely I'm gonna win soon so but then it didn't happen again and that's because other you know the other teams just improved more and got their cars better and then from from that point you know it was just downwards for us because as a team our car wasn't getting much better and other teams were improving and we just didn't have a chance of getting on the podium so you know you you I said I had wrong targets, so I was really frustrated all that season because of the first race I got on the podium. Right. So it's just a little, it's out of your hands because, and that's what's frustrating about Formula 1. I got on the podium in the first race not knowing anything <laughs> and with zero experience. And then, you know, with time I I'm, I learn more and more and I get to know the tracks and I get to know the tires. And I'm a much, much better driver now than I was there at the first race. And I was second. And since then, my best result has been fifth and I'm you know fighting to get yeah. one single point at, at certain races and you know that's 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 the tough thing about Formula 1 it's, it's not so much in your hand as a driver right and it's an interesting dynamic because everything you did prior to getting to Formula 1 as you said you had immense success you won races you had championships but even though now you're you're better than you were in the, the results don't reflect that as yes. much yeah yeah exactly and and uh, you know in, in prior to Formula 1 in the junior categories all all cars are the same mm -hmm. you know you have you have the teams that work differently in different ways and set up the car differently but in you know basically all the cars are, are the same from, produced from the same manufacturer and you get the same engine same gearbox everything is basically the same so you just have to manage your car you mm -hmm. know the best way possible and and so everyone has a chance you know whoever does the best job as a team working together as a team will win you know it's not to do with you know whoever spent more money on R&D or you know designing or headcount it's not about re you know it's so much about resource and and a little bit less about performance right. which is that's the frustrating part with Formula 1 but yeah. then there's uh, there's a lot of good things as well I'm talking <laughs> it down now. <laughs> well you get to travel the world as we talked about that's certainly not a bad thing I would think and uh, you get to race against some of the best drivers in the world with some of the most high tech equipment Exactly. I mean, the the thing in Formula One is you've just got the best car in the world. You know, it's such a f phenomenal car to drive, and you know, it nothing nothing can compare to to driving a Formula One car. Um, in 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 the high speed corners around the tracks, you know, you you can carry so much speed because of the the aerodynamics, the downforce that you have. So those kind of forces and and the feeling you get from driving the car you know it, it makes up for 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 a lot a lot of things then sure. you, you know I, that's that's what i've always dreamt about of course it's frustrating not to be able to win and or even fight for wins but uh, you know hopefully one day i can that the, the thing that i'm focused on now is just to try and do the best job that i can every single time and keep up this you know a a, a good level of performance you know all the time and then hope that one day I, I get a chance in 
in either a top team or that Haas can be fighting for, for wins. Well, you certainly have positioned yourself well for that and that you re- just recently announced uh, that you've re-signed 2019 with the team, which will mark, well, this was the first year you were with the same team for consecutive seasons in Formula 1. Now you're going to be three straight seasons, the same team. How much does continuity make a difference for a driver and a team, do you think, in Formula 1? Yeah, it it, uh, it helps not having to worry about contracts and you know you don't have to talk to many teams at once and you know i'm not i, I don't enjoy uh, <laughs> dealing with all this uh, stuff you know the contract stuff and and i and i like you know racing for this team and i i, I enjoy working with everyone and i like you know the, the management here and i like gene and you know it's just a a very fun place to be racing there's not a lot of politics and there's not a lot of messing around it it's pretty straightforward here and you know we're performing as a team i've got a a pretty pretty good car that can fight for points you know at least you can fight for points and uh, and uh, it's a lot more it's you know it's a lot more fun than than i've had in in other teams in formula 1 so sure. I'm happy to continue here when you say there's a lot less politics that strikes me because usually when i read about formula 1 that's all I'm reading about, especially when you're talking about the top teams, it seems like politics is the dominant storyline about how things shape uh, both how those teams operate and who's successful in the series itself. <coughs> What's different about Haas F1 or, or Gene's style that, that removes that? Is it more of an American type approach versus European? Or I think it's 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 a lot to, it's a lot to do with the fact that Gene is the only he's just the only guy in control. Um, of course, Gunther is is in control. He he has the experience and he sure. he you know he drives the team. But in the end of the day, Gene is the only guy that that really decide decides in the end, and no one can influence him. You know, and dis- he 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 has full control. Whereas in in other teams, there's a big board of of uh, you know board members that that are you know discussing things and that that all are fighting to get you know in, in top uh, of the hierarchy and you know there's a lot of um selfish interest uh, mm-hmm. when you have so many people uh, trying to decide for for a team and and or a big corporation like Mercedes and and Ferrari and those those teams are big big corporations and um sometimes it can get a little bit messy with with the politics and uh, to to find out who who is in charge is can be difficult and yeah. and here you just got you know Gene and Gunther running it. So you mentioned Kevin that you'd love to take that next step and that might come with going to one of those top teams or Haas F1 itself developing into a top tier team. What is there anything that you see that would be attainable for them to take that next step? Is there one thing that you guys think you might need to to get to that next level? Or? Well, it would be good if if Formula One could kind of get control over the costs of running a Formula 1 team so that perhaps you know privateers like us can you know fight with the big guys and and actually fight with them on a on a level playing field and and that could be done with a, a budget cap you know they're talking about that for 2021 to to introduce some kind of co- uh, cost cap um budget cap which for us would be would be great because then you know what it comes down to is is how you utilize your resources and and where you spend the money and and how you spend it and and you know i guess more down to the individual people in the teams to try and work as hard as they can and and get more out of 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 uh, the performance 
um, rather than just throwing more money at it and mm-hmm. and more getting more people involved and um i think that would be more interesting but also you know that i think that that would be our chance to kind of get fighting with the with the top guys it's interesting because that there's also been discussion about that in nascar about establishing some way with the, i don't know if this is true in f1 as much but there's been a dwindling in in corporate sponsorship and support in the nascar side but yet costs have remained so high it's been harder f- for teams to i think kind of find competitiveness with the, the lack of available dollars out there but i don't know how you enforce it i don't know if that's something that has come up in f1 that seems to be the great debate is how do you pull the reins back on teams and owners and like you said they're just used to just kind of spending whatever it takes yeah i mean it, it's going to be difficult to to control i guess but you know i mean tax the tax people in the government they they control <laughs> you know big corporations for quite well uh, it's it must be possible i think you race all over the world but you live elsewhere too you live in dubai which is interesting i think i've seen you know formula one drivers who live in you know monaco or europe or whatever i don't know if i know of anybody who's chosen to live there and any reason for being i've just moved away from there <laughs> <laughs> i live in london now in england oh you did okay yeah. it, i mean I'm, i moved there because we honestly we don't get to, we don't get to be home uh, a lot mm-hmm. so you know it's a, it's almost only in the beginning of the year sort of january december january that we get to spend in in our home um and for me you know i i wanted to be in a place that had you know a bit m- better temperatures than denmark <laughs> has in in january uh-huh. to be able to train and and you know prepare myself in the best way for the season and then dubai is you know quite well placed geographically sure when you have to you know in the, for the start of the season when you when we're going to australia and china and bahrain and baku and you know eastern uh, part of the world so that's why i chose that but you know it, dubai is just too different for for me uh, <laughs> compared to wh- where i grew up and yeah you know my kind of ideal way of, of living so london in england is a bit is a bit closer to uh you know copenhagen in, in denmark so I'm, I'm moving there or i have moved there and let's see how that goes okay so dubai had its advantages geographically but maybe not uh, as much culturally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too different. Yes. Yeah. Are you? Does it help? You're closer to your team uh, and now as well. Is that? Yes, uh, that's that's also a big part of that. That uh, last last season in 2017, I wasn't driving uh, simulators very mm-hmm. much, and now this year we've started to drive simulator much more. So between the races, I I'm I'm going to Italy uh, to drive the simulator and to to go from dubai to italy and back to dubai and then go to the races you know it it's it's not it's not going to work so it's easier from england to to italy i was fascinated in doing some research here about your backstory that, that there was a time between the 2008 and 2009 racing seasons when you actually worked as a factory welder nascar drivers we've seen uh, drivers who work in shops or or do whatever to to make things work um what was that your like for you how long did you do it and and was that a humbling experience to step back from driving and, and do some welding yeah i mean it was uh it, it wasn't something i was doing to try and to to raise budget it was just th- you know that i'd run out of uh opportunities options, yeah, yeah, really? opportunities huh. and and I, th- I i had to get a job and you know prepare <laughs> myself for life outside of motorsport and then you know i i, I started in this factory 
in the middle of a, of 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 the season that I thought was going to be my last season of racing, and I I was doing well. I was leading that championship. It was Danish championship, Formula Ford, um, and I was leading it and you know doing well. And then by the end of of that year, um, when I'd won the championship, there was uh, I got some support from from a a wealthy guy in Denmark that uh, was actually the owner of of a team. Uh, in in the big series that we were support series of of a bigger series in Denmark, so he had a team in in that series and uh, and he decided to support me and and raise the the budget uh, that I needed to continue racing and then I quit my job in the factory and moved to to Germany for a while and yeah started racing probably. Huh. So if you hadn't gotten that break, would do you think you'd still be welding or maybe <laughs> I would be working for Haas anyway? Who knows? <laughs> Okay, well, I'm glad that 10 years past that, a decade later, not only are you still racing, you're guaranteed to be racing again next season and hopefully continue to do well. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. Appreciate Thank you. Time. Appreciate it. The NASCAR NBC podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Please leave a rating review if you like what you're hearing. And as always, send me feedback on Twitter, at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. <laughs>